This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. There's a bunch of things that I want to talk to you about, but let's just start with the news that happened, I guess, overnight into today. And that's ESPN getting all of the college football playoff games, $7.8 billion on a six-year extension. I guess that's what, through 31 to to carry them six years? Are you surprised that it didn't get split up, at least among two? I thought... At least, I thought three or four networks would uh, have a, a stake in this. I was a little surprised at that. Did you see any reporting that anybody other than ESPN was in the mix here? No, but but they still had, I think they they might have still had exclusive rights. I'm not sure. I, I believe that it was uh, first right of refusal. And I believe there is a big debate right now as to the value of those first round games. And if you want to go there as well. That's where one of the things that I'm really working on is looking at the move from six plus six to five plus seven and what those would be. And I can tell you right now that it is better first round games to have five plus seven. Sure. Because I mean, basically uh, a first round game, even in a five plus seven model is going to be the Fiesta bowl where Oregon was a 19 point favorite against Liberty, (laughs) except that game would be in Austin stadium. And I think they won the game by like 20 some 30 almost. Right. And so, and that game's probably going to get stuck on the Thursday or Friday. Cause remember the first round is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday unrolling of those first round on campus games. Right. I'm excited they're on campus, but what, what is the value of all these games? And I, I just wonder if there, there was not going to be quite that high end, high ceiling demand and I, I wonder if it was ESPN just bidding against itself. I'm sure I, I truly do not know. I don't have that kind of clearance in terms of, you know, media rights negotiations. I think it would be healthier for the sport of college football if ESPN was not the sole um, distributor of all things college football playoff. I think that there would be not oversight, but almost accountability by introducing a new set of voices. And instead we continue to move forward, you know, with our, uh, with, with our new expanded future. And it, it will continue to be Tuesday nights, dramatic unveiling. And instead we're talking about the 11 spot, I guess, instead of, uh, instead of the five spot. But say, gosh, we've been having these debates forever. Um, and people keep saying, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll at least stop the arguing over who should be four or five or two. We went from two or three, who should be two? Who should be the uh, three? Um, like, we'll just we're just moving the line. We're just we're gonna have an argument over six or seven. We had the argument. We had arguments over four versus five. Uh, none greater than this year. We had we'll, and we'll have arguments twelve versus thirteen, uh, and eventually we'll have it sixteen versus seventeen. And I contend that we'll probably have it twenty four versus twenty five at some well, point. I- so here is one thing that I have found interesting because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really trying to not just be like, oh, God, like I, I need to be able to enter into this new playoff era, understanding what the not the just the yelling is about, because that's right. lazy. I want to understand this enough to talk about value. And I do take a little bit from 
the NFL playoff scenarios that we get at the end of the NFL regular season where we have these interesting moments where if this team wins this game, yep. all of a sudden, you know, they could be thrust into this position. If they lose, they could be out, right? Those those big, you know, inflection points. I contend, and I expect that we will go to five point five plus seven. I yeah. contend that it does put a very, very, very strong emphasis on winning your conference championship because if you don't win your conference championship and you are not the highest-ranked non-champion, then you are going to have to play one of these at-large teams in the first round. Right. If you are one of the high, if you are one of the four right. power conference champions, more than likely, and that fifth team, which is going to be the highest-ranked non-champion, you're probably going to get the group of five. You're probably going to be a 14 to 19 point favorite. Those are ways for you to be able to get to the quarterfinals. So as you're going through these final weeks of the season, we are going to be talking about the sixth, seventh, and eighth best team. Not are they going to be left out or not, but can they win their conference? And if not, are they going to finish as the highest ranked non-champion? Because otherwise, the difference between playing Liberty and playing Ole Miss or Liberty <laughs> and playing Penn State, right. this is extremely significant when you're talking about trying to make it to the quarterfinals of the college football playoff, which would be a little bit closer to that New Year's Eve, New Year's Day time slot. So I'm in favor of a move to five plus seven, and I do think that that is going to make conference championship Saturday more interesting because there is a massive difference in the probabilities of a team making it to the quarterfinals, the round of eight, if you are a power conference champion or the highest ranked non-champion because anything else you're going to be looking at three-point spread, four-and-a-half, six-point spread, a one-score kind of game. Uh, not only uh, chances of making it in, but chances of making it far based on the matchup that you would draw. Real quick, I just want to explain to people who might not know what 5 plus 7 is. 5 plus 7 is five highest-ranked conference champions plus the seven best at-large teams. So so the debate is six plus six, and it would have been six plus six had we still had a Pac-12. I right. guess technically we have a Pac-12, but it's a Pac-2, and it really isn't a power league anymore. So it's going to be five, which means the four power leagues, and I'll use air quotes uh, for the ACC just so people will get the joke, uh, Big 12, Big 10, SEC plus the next highest ranked league, which might be the Sun Belt, might be the Mountain West, might be the American. I guess that there's an off chance it could be uh, Conference USA or the MAC, but probably not. Anyway, it'll be probably one of the first three leagues that I mentioned. So those five would go, and then the next seven best at large teams. Real quick question about this Do we know uh, that if you are the fifth ranked league, let's just say. App State wins the Sun Belt and they become the fifth ranked, the next best ranked league. But in the college football playoff rankings, which I'm sure will be done exactly the way they've been done, uh, they come in like 14th overall. Right? Yeah. They would be the 12 seed? Correct. Yeah. Every, the only like fast forward button is if you are one of the four highest ranked okay. conference champions. Those will be your one, two, three, and four. Five through 12 will also include that fifth automatic bid, but not slotted ahead of other teams that it's higher than. So I've been running this in years right. previous, and there were times where 
the fifth conference champion or the sixth conference champion might have been the nine, right? Okay. And they might they would not have been the twelve. Like that's when you were dealing with UCF running hot. Right. Right. That's when you were dealing with a Houston or something like that. Uh, this past year, again, Liberty, which was down in the 20s, I believe, on Selection Sunday, they would have been right to the 12. And my expectation, since UCF, Cincinnati and Houston are all in the Big 12 now, <laughs> uh, that the way that those other conferences have been treated by the selection committee, it might be CUSA because CUSA has got Liberty. But I think we're going to be talking about a Tulane, a Liberty. I mean, SMU's in the ACC now. Yes. Like a, lot of these, a lot of these programs that we think of in terms of, you know, competing for those group of five spots, you know, those, are, those programs are already in power conference with a different avenue to get there. But your App State, your James Madison, your Tulane, um, your Boise State, like these are going to be the programs that are going to be competing for that spot, which I do think eventually is just going to be the 12, which means you're playing, I don't know, whichever of Alabama, Georgia, or Texas didn't win the SEC. <laughs> right. Real, real quick question. Um, let's say Notre Dame is by far the best team in the country all year long. Best they can do is is five, right? Correct. Okay. I just, I just want to make sure. I'm pretty sure because that's the way it was negotiated initially, but who knows uh, how it's going to look. But they can't be a conference champion as currently construed. So we'll uh, we'll see what the whole thing uh, what the whole thing is. You, d- real quick, do you think we're going to stay at 12? Because I don't. I don't think we will get beyond 16. And I don't think we will get beyond 16 because um, your, your, your math, not only of the number of games that's played, but of the number of weeks that there are in the calendar. Like FCS does the 24, but FCS also plays a shorter regular season schedule. And with so much of the inventory of these media rights deals being the regular season schedule, I just, I I don't see, I don't see us getting beyond 16. If you add, if you go to 16, you're not adding necessarily another week of action. No, you're just making the teams that were having a buy play a first round opponent. So 12 to 16 feels like a move that could be made. I don't see it growing beyond that. Yeah, twenty-four would be adding another week of action. Right. The uh, but sixteen would uh, would not. Real have quick, you, you mentioned. You, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, yeah, I, have you looked at the playoff schedule for this year? No, I I, okay. I haven't it, even looked at next week's hockey schedule, Chip. It well, they're back home, all right, and we have <laughs> earlier. I know home. Chicago on Monday. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be from December twentieth to January twentieth. From Thursday, December 20th, the very first first round game to the national championship game in Atlanta on January 20th, one month of college football playoff. And it's not exclusively split up weekend, 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 because that would make too much sense. Right. And the NFL's <laughs> kind of taking care of that. Yeah. But um, it is it is going to be a long season, a second season uh-huh. of college football. No way. And I I cannot add another week to that, Adam. I can't stand. <laughs> for it. We got things to do. Yeah. Uh, real quick, you mentioned it with, that you you were looking at the end of the regular season in the NFL, win and you're in, losing you're out. The problem with the college game is that that doesn't really exist, and it brings me to the next part of our conversation because right now in college basketball, and I know we're going to fold our conversation over the next few weeks. Uh, as we talk more and more about uh, the end of the college basketball season, but yeah, I was on CBS Sports HQ doing takeaways from Tuesday night action. I understand. Right into that, <laughs> I, I totally understand. Switch. Um, 
but they ca- they tell us that well the net is just a tool. This is it does it's not the be all and end all. Except that every single conversation, well, this team is blank uh, something and something in quad one games. Well, where do you get quad one from, Joe, Jerry, whatever your bracket name is? Where do you get quad one? From the net. They use the net to determine quad one, quad two, blah, blah, blah. Does college football have or need a metric like this? Absolutely. Well, first of all, it does not need a metric like this. And that is because we are not sorting through 360 teams. Right. We we are ranking a much smaller group of teams, and we are ranking a much smaller body of work. We need context. Right. We don't need, like, for example, Gary Parrish, you know, I know that you're a fan of the Iron College Basketball Podcast Love as it. well. I heard him on your show last week. You know, he says not all quad one wins are the same. Correct. And he's absolutely right. And by not relying on those sorts of metrics, you are allowing nothing but context. I also think the dirty secret of college football is that yelling about context is what keeps the conversations going. If we just had numbers to get everything sorted out, the conversations would be over too quickly. We talk about sport 12 months a year. There's only 12 games in a regular season. Come (laughs) on, man. We need to keep adding some wood on that fire. But, 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 because I have... I haven't cracked the code, but I went back to a lot of here's what the net is, Uh and you reverse engineer some results. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on, or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, have a financial pit stop, make sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. And as an efficiency tool, you're not that different from a Vegas power rating. Right. Like, you want your, if you want your net to go up, the the compute the algorithm wants to see you beat a team by more than the algorithm thought you were going to beat that team. That's just a Vegas spread. Yep. College basketball spreads, for the most part, are just set by predictive models. Then they move based on the market. Yep. Um, but I think that it is much easier to figure out, and it's not as much this like under the hood. How are we going to do this? If you win by margins that are greater than what are expected, your efficiency rating is going to improve. I look at Vegas power ratings for college basketball all the time. I see how these things adjust. Um, you know, the net ratings line up with predictive models that are available, like whether it's a Bart Torvik or a Ken Palm. Like those numbers are much, you know, more aligned than a lot of the resume metrics. So I to you your text today. So do we have a net rating? I would say Bill Connolly's SP plus right. at ESPN is mostly an efficiency model. It is a predictive rankings that is, you know, based on your returning production, you know, how you're doing on a down-to-down basis, your success rate. It is building out a power rating that you can use to set lines much like Las Vegas does. And so, yeah, there is a net rating in college football. I just think that it's more used by the gambling prediction side of the world than it is by people that are are ranking things because 
ultimately the net to me is not that different than an efficiency rating or a power rating. Right. And my, my point with things like net, and again, they don't use the net like NC state a few years ago, NC state's net was 33, but they missed the field because uh, they didn't have great numbers in quad one or quad two and their strength of schedule was garbage. Right. Right. But if were their non-conference strength of schedule, but I mean, all you got to do is look at half the teams that are in the top 25 in the Big 12 and look at their non-conference schedules. I mean, like a skunk just showed up. They're all bad. I mean, there there are teams that beat nobody outside of the league in the top 100. And, and they didn't even try. They played 10 games that are uh, with teams that are outside the top 200 in uh in the power rankings and they're in the top 25 it doesn't matter they figured out the math and once the number is set and then just the, there's not enough room not enough time and not enough games for the numbers to change now uh it the the die is cast we know what these teams are going to be so every single time these teams take the floor they're you know no worse than quad two opportunities Whereas there were games last year, like there were only, if you were on your home court last year, there were like two quad one opportunities in the ACC. That's it, two. It was when either Duke or it wasn't Carolina last year. I forget who the other team was. Like when two teams showed up, that's it. It's all you got. And that's the. Well, uh, all right. that's- to be fair, beat. Like crush teams, and this is why. So right, but the Ford, ACC plays by and large. The ACC plays better, better non-conference schedules. We keep patting ourselves oh, no, in the back no, no, of football. No. no, do it in conference. I get Steve Forbes has been right. calling out this this all season long, and he's been pointing to examples, and he's been saying this is how the system is gamed. And then you know what he did? He went. And beat Syracuse ninety nine to seventy, right? And he Georgia Tech eighty to fifty one, and walk ons were not getting into the game, right? But now it doesn't matter. Is running up the score, and after each of those wins, they jumped up in net far more than they have after other wins, even though the wins were not against good teams, right? But right now, you can only move so so much. Because that we've already we already know what the ranges are going to be. Wake would have to basically win out, right, to really severely impact their rating in a positive way. Because when Wake played some good games in the beginning of the season in the non-conference, uh, and they won some and lost some, and maybe lost a couple more than they won or won or you know whatever it was. So that rather than being like. 11 and 1 or 12 and 1 in their non conference, like Iowa State was, you know, they were like 10 and 4 or whatever the numbers were. So they were already set at a certain level and you're just not moving enough. I, like, I think if I think if you crush teams, you can yeah. jump up. It's an efficiency rate. Like, doesn't matter who but the But now you're not going to crush teams. You're not going to crush teams in your own league like that. Well, hey, listen, Steve Forbes doing it. Didn't do it on Monday night against Duke. He, he but, did, apparently not. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think that you can you can improve your standing in the net. It's just you got to run it up on people, and that's where the thing that's really difficult for the ACC. Going back to uh, again, I'm I'm pulling from I, I do a lot of college basketball work for Sportsline, like our CBS gambling subsidiary, and 
I, I do look at a lot of these odds maker power ratings and you're looking at literally eight teams that are separated by three points on a power rating, right. which is to say that in no situation is one team more than two possessions better than another. And if that plays out to expectations, it's impossible to blow anybody out. Then we it's, should pay Louisville. Minimum. We should pay Louisville extra to just to get up. absolutely run by a hundred every game. Who's gonna who's I mean, gonna say no? Notre Dame, take one for the team. Come on, let's go. Let's run the score up. Chip Patterson, uh, my friend at uh at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh thank you, man. I appreciate your time as always. Cover three podcasts, go check it out every day. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 